Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I'm delighted to bring back the podcast for another season with the help of a special guest this week. There hasn't been much to say about the Euros from a United perspective other than what we've been covering on the blog from day to day. Paul Pogba's been impressive, Daniel James stood out before Wales crashed out and it's been a goalkeeping disaster as far as United are concerned. I'll go further into that at the end of the podcast but first I want to introduce Fabrizio Romano who has become the David Beckham of football journalism due to his incredible delivery of transfer news. He is someone who has mastered social media with football updates, racking up a Twitter following of 3.2 million. And I recall some of his earlier days when he was on Stretty News TV, the YouTube channel which later became this podcast. So, without further ado, here we go. So Fabrizio... I'm absolutely delighted to have you on the podcast, on the Stretty Cast. And I remember a few years ago, we used to do some videos with Stretty News TV and stuff and, and getting your thoughts and some transfers. How Thank have you. you been keeping? You've, you've grown as a journalist massively <laughs> since then. Um, how is everything? I'm fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm really busy. It's a pleasure for me to be here on the podcast. So thank you for the invitation. And as I said, always be Busy, always running as you are too, so always on the news, but everything is fine, ready to, to see what happens, what's next. It must be crazy, because anybody that follows you on Twitter, and I'm sure that they notice the updates, they come at 4 o'clock in the morning, they come at 2 in the morning, they come throughout the day, <laughs> It's you're like a machine, but, but let's jump into some stories that have been kind of circulating around this summer with Manchester United. The first one I want to jump to, because I want to quash it quickly, 
is the, the reports that have been surrounding Cristiano Ronaldo. And it seems every summer it, there's this romance of a return to Manchester United. Do you give any substance right now? And what is his current situation? At the moment, there is nothing. So, to be honest, as of today, there is nothing. Now Cristiano is out of the Euros, so we will see what happens now, what kind of clubs will move, if Cristiano will decide to leave or to stay at Juventus. But at the moment, there is nothing going on, nothing serious also, because Jorge Mendes, some days ago, his agent was in Milano, and he didn't meet with, with, with Juventus' board, just because they don't have any, any bid, any negotiation to do. Now the situation in July, we will see what happens, uh, what kind of club will move, if some top clubs in Europe as Manchester United or many others, they will decide to move or not for Cristiano. But as of today, there is nothing. Remember that he has a salary around 31 million euro net per season. He's a crazy salary. He's a pre-COVID salary. So signing Cristiano now with his age, with this salary, is something really complicated. And that's why he needs to decide with Juventus. If he wants to stay, continue his contract for one more season or leave in the club. But Juventus want a fee. Cristiano wants an important contract, so it's not so easy as it seems. That's the point. Not so easy. And, of course, he is out of the Euros now, so we might see some progress on that in the coming weeks because I'm sure Mendes will be meeting with Juventus to see if there is any offers. But as you, as you state now, as of now, there, there is nothing on the table. Moving on, a player who has been linked with Manchester United who some credible journalists, including Andy Mitten, states wants to, would like to come to Manchester United is Kieran Trippier. Now it sounds like a bit of a, a bit of a tussle to get that deal done because Atletico are not in a position where they have to sell. What situation is the player under right now? Uh, from what I told, the player is so respectful. So if he has to stay at Atletico Madrid, he's happy. He loves the city, he loves the club, he loves Simeone. So he's okay at Atletico Madrid. But if he has chances to leave the club and go back to England, he would be happy too. So the player is really open. He's a great professional. So I think it's not just up to, to Trippier. If the two clubs will find an agreement, he will be ready to move. If not, he will be happy to stay at Atletico Madrid. But as you said, the position of Atletico Madrid is they don't need to sell. They always act like this because they don't need money. So if some club make the right proposal, they are selling players. If not, they are keeping their players. And for Trippier, they want around 40 million euro. It's 40 million euro. First opening bid from Manchester United was lower, was around uh, 12, 13. So just to open talks, but Atletico Madrid said, yeah. "Yeah, said absolutely no. They want a huge fee for Korean Trippier. The player is staying. Let's see if this position will change during the summer or not. But the player will be so respectful. For sure, Manchester United are interested in Trippier. But I'm curious to see what happens when we talk about right backs for Manchester United. Also with Diogo Dalot, because he's doing so well. He was so good also with Portugal last night against Belgium. He had a great season with AC Milan, playing as left-back, right-back. Always available, always so serious. He's so young, he's improving. So I'm curious to see what happens with Diogo Dalot. And maybe after Diogo Dalot's decision, if he's staying, if he's leaving to go to AC Milan or any other club, decide also on trip here. From from spending the season in Italy with AC Milan, has Dallo potentially picked up interest from other suitors in Italy? Because anyone that I've spoken to about his role in the AC Milan squad last season, he was he was very beneficial um, to have, have in the squad. So surely there might be interest elsewhere. Because lo- looking at it from a Manchester United perspective, I don't see him getting many games next season ahead of um, Aaron Wan-Bissaka it's quite clear they want the right back. With Dallo, 
he's a young player progressing developing he's probably better going back to AC Milan yes uh, it depends because of course he was on loan but uh, he wants to feel of course and, and it's normal for this kind of players he wants to feel important and when I say important it's not just about the club but it's always about the formula so if they are signing him permanent or with obligation to buy or not so this will be the key for this deal uh, I agree with you. He needs to play because he's young. He's he's improving and everything. But in my opinion, he he's prepared to play for important clubs like Manchester United. So I I really like this player. To be honest, I think the Odalat is really really good. And sometimes he's underrated because he has special skills. So I also know that Solskjaer appreciates him. So I'm curious to see what happens now. But um, for sure, Manchester United at the moment they are not accepting a simple loan. They want something different if they have to sell the Odalat. Or if they will decide, if they will decide to to keep, we will see. Of course, and with Kieran Trippier, there's also he's also represented by the same agency as Rafael Ferran, and he's another player who's been linked with Manchester United. So, a part of those talks is it possible that Manchester United are using that the same agency to maybe strike a balance between getting two deals done. You know, this agency is one of the biggest in the world, so it's not just about the agency. They have great relationship with many agencies, and CAA base is so strong and all over the all over Europe and, and in the world. So I think it's not related to the agency. For sure, Varane is one of the players that they like. It could be it could be an opportunity. Uh, it depends by what Real Madrid want to do, because at the moment they hope to convince Varane to stay and to offer him a new contract. But the player wants to try something different. He won everything with Real Madrid. He won the World Cup with France, so he wants some new challenge. And I think Premier League could be one of the opportunities with, with Paris Saint-Germain too. We will see if they will sign Ramos or not. But Varane is appreciated also by Paris Saint-Germain. So for sure he wants something new. Let's see what happens after the Euros when he will be back and talk with Real Madrid and decide about his contract, if extending or not. But if he's leaving, as he wants as of today, Manchester United could be one of the opportunities. Brilliant. No, it's one of the questions that flew in when I, when I said I was speaking to you on the podcast was about <laughs> centre-backs because last season, you know, you have Harry Maguire who Manchester United spent a significant amount of money on but yet this can't seem to find the right balance in, in defence. And leaking silly goals, it's hard to realistically see a title challenge un- unless they're going to address that. And if Varane doesn't come off, because Manchester United fans have seen in the past with Sergio Ramos that they were played and he got a new contract. And United don't want to fall into that hole again. So from what you understand, the, the alternatives to, to Varane, you have maybe Perry Torres, maybe Jules Kunde. Um, who, who, who do Manchester United also like? Pau Torres for sure is in the list. Uh, he's appreciated. They've been scouting him for a long time. And he had a great season with Villarreal, so he's really a good, good player. He has a release clause. He's 65 million euro. He's still valid also right now. Uh, he's not 50, as someone was reporting in Spain, but he's 65. So let's see what Manchester United will decide with Varane. And immediately after, they will consider other names like Pau Torres and also... Kunde has been also scouted. He has been appreciated for a long time. But now also Tottenham are interested in him with the new director of football, Fabio Paratici, who likes him. So for sure, I would say Pau Torres. I would say Kunde. Keep an eye also on Cristian Romero of Atalanta, centre-back also of mm. Argentinian national team. He's really great player. He had a fantastic season in Serie A. And, uh, and the situation is that Manchester United are scouting him, but I have nothing confirmed from Atalanta or agents about an official proposal. We had rumours two weeks ago about Manchester United offering 45 million euros, but at the moment there is absolutely nothing official and no, no bid, because as we said, 
Varane is the priority and they have other options like Pau Torres and more, but Romero is one of the names they've been scouting, so we will see. Recent reports suggest Manchester United are watching Kamavinga at Rennes and it's a player that has a seemingly high valuation for someone who's only one year left on their contract and he's a young French midfielder, um, very highly rated, his agent considers him the, be- the young best player in the world. Um, is he a player that could be on his way to Manchester United this summer? And if so, could that mean Paul Pogba's future is up in the air? I won't link the future of Kamavinga with Pogba, to be honest. I think that there are two different situations about Kamavinga. I agree with his agent, because in my opinion, he's one, if not the best, one of the best young talents in the world. So he's, he's really fantastic. But they are not in a rush, you know. For sure, Manchester United are interested in him. They like the player, but they are not like in a rush to, to sign Kamavinga in some days or some weeks. Okay. And Kamavinga is not in a rush because he's out of contract in one year. He could sign with the club he wants in January. So it's like seven months and you wait and you can decide, pick your next club and yeah. decide about the best ones because every top club wants Kamavinga. So for sure, Manchester United have an interest, but as many other clubs, because we are talking about the top talent with an interest in contra situation uh, I would say keep an eye also on Paris Saint-Germain because also Paris Saint-Germain are looking at Kamavinga they know him since he's in Lingan so they know him so well in, in French football and it's still an open situation it's not nothing like advanced or official bid or something like this interest yes but there is still nothing going on as advanced negotiation for Kamavinga absolutely one to watch out for for the future maybe um, yeah. with, with, with Jesse Lingard We've seen a few months ago before he joined West Ham on loan that he had switched agency and, and went with Mino Raiola. And there, but then there was sparking reports of interest in the, from Syria clubs. Right now, do you know of any offers on the table from maybe across Europe or maybe interest in Jesse Lingard away from West Ham? Or do you think he'll be, he will stay at Manchester United and sign a new contract? Ah, my feeling is that now, of course, there is a lot of interest, but from what I heard, it's like, or West Ham or Manchester United. I don't see him leaving for another club because he was great with West Ham. So if he has to leave Manchester United, he's to join West Ham. If not, he's staying at Manchester United and they're going to discuss about his contract. From what I know, they have a meeting scheduled to discuss about it, to see what happens in the next days, in the next weeks. So also in this case, we will see in the next weeks. But I don't see him like joining Italian clubs, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think is is West Ham, Manchester United, and he has to decide about the situation. And between clubs, they have to decide about it. But won't be easy to sign just Lingard. This is the point. Fabrizio, what have you heard about priorities at Real Madrid and Juventus? Because with the Paul Pogba reports, we're hearing that Manchester United want the player to stay. That's their aim this summer. They're they're building for next season with Paul Pogba and the squad. But what are the intentions of the clubs that have been linked with him? In, in previous seasons because I haven't seen much in the media about Juventus expressing an interest, active interest or Real Madrid for that fact well, Juventus have an interest because they love Pogba and Pogba loves Juventus so the interest is, is always there but you need money to find Pogba not interest mm-hmm. and when we have like uh, rumours about Pogba a lot of people are talking about 40-50 million euro here in Italy or in Spain because they see that Pogba is out of contract in one year but it's not like this Manchester United are not selling the player for 40 million euros. They prefer to keep him, to take the risk and say, OK, if we don't have an agreement to extend his contract, we're losing him for free. But they prefer to risk and to try instead of selling him for 35 or 40 million euros. So no chance on this side. And I don't see in this moment Italian clubs to spend 
100 million euro for one single player. Remember also that Pogba's salary is a huge one, more than 16, 17 million euro per season net with add-ons. So it's really complicated for Italian clubs. And on the market would be slow. I don't, they don't, they're not planning to do something really in the next few days. They need to sell players, as Florentino Perez said. And so they have many like Odrio Zola, Jovic, Brian Diaz, many players leave the club, and then they will go for something new. But at the moment, there is still nothing advanced. So that's why Manchester United are not negotiating as of today. Then I don't know in one month or in two, but as of today, they are not negotiating with any club, and they still hope to keep Pogba. Before we get on to the biggest question that I wanted to get to you, um, Fabrizio, the one I want to touch on quickly is Donny van de Beek and his future at Manchester United. He had a difficult first season. I w- if he was for sale, I'm sure there would be lots of clubs interested. But, but what is Manchester United's stance? At the moment there, from what I know, Solskjaer is happy with him. He knows that last season was not the best one. He was the opening season, so he was needing to adapt to English football and everything. But the player has been always, always a fantastic professional with Manchester United. Never being like angry with the manager or with the club, but always focused on the pitch, on training. And now he wants to prove himself with Manchester United. So Van de Beek wants to stay. Solskjaer is open to keep him and to give him a chance to, to show his skills at Manchester United. We will see because, you know, in the market we are still in June. So if in July some club will arrive and bid for 50 million euro, maybe the situation could change. But as of today, it's still quiet and Don is happy to stay at Manchester United. And Solskjaer wants him to prove his skills at Manchester United. Because when they signed him one year ago, they were 100% convinced they signed a top player. And they are still convinced about his skills. They want him to prove, to show that first season was just to adapt. And so now I think he has chances to stay. He's not 100% sure because the market is open and so many things could happen. Mm. But there are chances for him to stay, yes. Very good. And the, the big one, the big one that you've been working on for so long, um, <laughs> Jaden Sancho Fabrizio. So where are, we? where are we right now? Where are we, as of now, with his transfer to Manchester United? Well, we are really close. We are really close. He's not done yet in the sense that he's not everything fixed, but it's just a matter of some clauses about uh, payment structure and then the deal will be completed. If nothing shocking is going to happen, shocking is going to happen, Sancho deal will be completed in the next few days. So they are working about it. I repeat, it's not done as of today, but they are really at advanced stages. The player wants to join Manchester United. They have an agreement with the player. They have an agreement with the agents. They are really close to match Borussia Dortmund value of the player price tag. is around 95 million euro. United are close around 90, 89, 90. So it's just a matter of some million, some detail in the payment structure, and then they could close the, the Sancho deal. So let's wait a bit, but he's really close. We're just waiting for you to tweet. Here we go. That, 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 <laughs> that's all we're waiting for. Um, just before we let you off, um, Using your mind, not your information, if you could name three players to join Manchester United this summer, and just a prediction, what would you go with? <laughs> I would say Sancho, I would say a centre-back, we will say one of the one of the names we said, so if Varane, if Autor is one of them, and I go with the easy one with Tom Heaton, because he's a done here, he's signing the contract, so let me be smart and say Tom Heaton, no, because he's done, Tom Heaton has signed the contract, so he's done, and I think... They will with the Gea, Henderson, and Tom Heaton as goalkeeper if nothing big happens as proposal. But instead of rumors about the Gea and Roma, some some days ago there is nothing with Roma. They are going for Rui Patricio, so I expect them to sign Tom Heaton. Yes. 
Fantastic. Fabrizio, we'll have you back on at the end of the season when Manchester United beat an Ita- Italian side in the Champions League final, OK? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I hope for you. I hope for you. Thank Brilliant. you again for An the absolute invitation. pleasure having pleasure. you on. Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Big pleasure for me. Just finished up the conversation with Fabrizio. Really hope you enjoyed that conversation. It's good to get you know, good reporters on that, that know their stuff and that can add something to this podcast because we didn't do much over the summer because we couldn't bring you anything. Uh, and when we wanted to bring you something, we wanted to bring you a bit of quality. And that's, I hope you come away from that podcast or that conversation and that's what you get. Um, firstly, for the next section of the podcast, let me start by saying I am enjoying Euro 2020. I like the new format how it's already sprung a surprise with the Czech Republic stunning Holland. But it's been criticised. I think people don't like change. And more countries added. And and I, I think more surprises are on the way, which is only a good thing. We've had a few players crash out of the tournament, including the likes of Scott McTominay, Daniel James, Bruno Fernandes, and of course Diego Zalo, who, who was called up to the squad late on um, after one of the Portuguese fullbacks picked up COVID. Um, that was an opportunity for, for Dallo to go and experience an international tournament. You know, in the past year, he's made a number of appearances for AC Milan. He's done relatively well there. And the latest on his situation at Manchester United comes from a report that was published about a week ago from Manchester Evening News. And they said that Dallo has been told to report for pre-season training at Carrington as per usual. Now, I don't think that really adds anything to the, his situation at the club, to be honest. I think most players that are on the club's books would have been given a message or would have been told to be at the training ground at this date. We're starting for the new season. Between now and then, and with Dallo now out of the European Championships, I'm sure his agent will be in touch with Manchester United to find out what the situation is. He's experienced first-team football last season and being an important part of a, of a squad that was playing in Europe and that finished highly in, in the Serie A, challenged for the title for a while. You know, So he, he had a good season. I don't think he's going to get games at Manchester United. United are already looking at different right-backs. And Kieran Trippier is one we spoke about. Um, and it, it's, it's clear that Solskjaer has different plans for that, that position. Uh, and those plans include Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I think what he's looking for is what he's got um, on the left flank last season by introducing Tellez, who I don't think was a good signing in terms of his performances and what he showed last season. But he certainly, certainly gave Luke Shaw a kick up the backside. Um, the last two years, though, his development has been ongoing. And I'm just hoping that next season he goes up the next step because he was terrific. Um, and he's a starting player now for England at the Euros as well. So you can see that improvement. There, there's quite a bit to get through from a United perspective at Euro 2020. You know, from Gareth Southgate snubbing Sancho from having two injured goalkeepers who weren't getting a look in either way. De Gea's career has been at a crossroads for some time now. He's not the first choice goalkeeper for Spain. And with Manchester United, you can see last at the end of last season, it's slipping away. We are now left wondering if we'll ever see that decisive, confident De Gea again. Um, that remains to be seen. You know, the Spaniard is fighting for his future and his reputation. Because costly errors have led him to losing his number one role for club and country. Athletic Bill Bowes, Unai Simon, has taken over as Spain's number one. 
You know, before European Championships, I actually didn't really hear much about him. Now, I don't, I don't watch much Spanish football. I keep an eye on, on the big teams over there. And I watch the big games. I don't really care too much about it. I keep an eye on some players and some of the players that we, we send on loan to Spain. But Manchester United don't, don't know who their first-choice goalkeeper is. And the two players that kind of in that position had a chance to go to the Euro this summer and maybe continue that fight for, for, for the first spot at United. Fortunately for, for Dean Henderson, it was a different story, however, because he had no other choice to pull out of the tournament with hip injury. I would have liked to have seen him perform for England at the Euros. And I know in the first game, Jordan Pickford was given the nod and he's starting goal ever since. But that could have also been down to the fact that Henderson was nursing a hip injury. And it was only after that game that they, they realised that he had to be kind of sent home. Because there wasn't much luck for him of getting any game time at the tournament. Of course, the hair was picked by Solskjaer for the Europa League final against Villarreal in Gdansk. That was the last podcast we recorded, um, and <laughs> I was hoping not to go back on it as we as we look to start a new season. But I think Henderson will be between the sticks against Leeds when the Premier League season gets underway in August. Just I I, I I'm not going to come out and say I think he's a better goalkeeper. I think he has a lot of improving to do to to reach the level that David De Gea reached, but. I think one thing is certain, when I, wa- when I watch Manchester United and we've seen our defence last season was appalling for the, for the most part. But when Henderson got his run of games, and of course he, he did make mistakes, notably in that thrashing we suffered against Liverpool. But for the most part, I felt the defence looked a little bit more assured when he was between the sticks. And the difference in profile, when you look at the goalkeeper, he is someone that's willing to come out off his line. He's a bit braver than De Gea. Again, I'm not saying he's better than De Gea, but there, I look at the defence and I look at the goalkeeper and you look at what you want, you want results. What mix works better? Probably Henderson. Probably Henderson. Probably Henderson. You know, it presents a big problem for United as well because that De Gea is club's highest paid player earning 370000 per week since he agreed a four-year deal in 2019. That deal was given to him for his consistency in goal, although like it, it left him shortly before he put pen to paper. If you think back, David De Gea didn't sign that contract in, after a run of good form or anything. It was signed on what he had done previously because he had come back from that 2008 hiccup of a World Cup with Spain when all the fingers are being pointed at him. But now I think it's a bigger picture. We can't just focus on that tournament. That tournament is gone. We're now talking about Euro 2020 and he's being overlooked. So if we go into next season talking about the goalkeeper we once had, <sighs> recipe for disaster. Can he still be a top goalkeeper? Like I'm sure he can. His performance in the semi-final of the Europa League against Roma. It's kind of easy to forget that when you see what happened in the in the final. But we shouldn't. He, he can still be a good goalkeeper. But should we be passing on the talent like Henderson, who has grown in the academy? I'm not so sure about that. But I want to see more to make a better judgment. Because Henderson got a run or so of maybe 10 games at the end of last season. Sufficient. 
sufficient in comparison to what he was getting prior to that because there were, if you remember there was a lot of people asking questions like when's Henderson ever going to get his chance De Gea still underperforming what's going to happen and if we go into the summer without Henderson getting a chance the manager still doesn't know what his best option is the fact of the matter is he's given 10 or so games and Solskjaer still doesn't know his best option and he has to make that big call a big call is coming. He has to make it soon. Because I don't think you can go into another season of having David De Gea and Henderson at the club. They're two goalkeepers that need to be starting. And we tried it for a year. Manager got his year to kind of make his decision. Now he has to make it. And getting rid of David De Gea, from what I understand, would be very, very difficult. We kind of had conversations with people in the past and... It was kind of described to as kind of a Sancho, or not Sancho, sorry, he's stuck in my head. A Sanchez-esque loan deal would probably be the most feasible option. Now, that's a disaster. But it goes back to how much he's being paid per week. And there's no club out there that's going to pay David De Gea 375000 a week. There's none. You'd be hard-pushed to find someone that would give him half of that a week based on performances. So, United kind of dragged their heels for some years with De Gea, fighting off interest from Real Madrid and so on. And hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I do look back at that contract in 2019 and it's resulted in a bad one. There's no two ways about that. Before we move on, I just wanted to state that I have backed France from the beginning of the tournament. I know they were favourites, but I kind of got the price at 92 um, and I just, I just also want to note that Paul Pogba has been the best player at the tournament so far. For all his criticism, and I, I don't know what it is personally. I know I, I, he's kind of, he's playing that deep line role under Deschamps, which he always played, and he played that when they won the World Cup in two thousand and eight. But he has played that role for Manchester United as well. And I see people saying, "Oh, why is he doing it for France? Why is he doing it for Manchester United?" I don't know. Paul Pogba is the best person to, to ask that question. Why isn't he performing like that consistently for Manchester United? Now, towards the end of last season, can't forget, I think he contributed to some of our better performances. Um, Pogba was definitely, we're definitely better with Pogba in the team than we are without. But that midfield, by the way, is also very, very imbalanced. And we, it seems that we were shoehorning players like Pogba into it to get them into the team. And when you look at some of the other teams out there that are successful, successful in winning trophies, you look at the midfields they have, and it, it's an operation. It works. It, it it gels. Manchester United, you just don't know from one week to next if the midfield's going to perform. You know, we all know that Fred's capable of a good performance. We've even seen that in Copa America with Brazil. He's getting plenty of game time, which is great to see as a as a holding midfielder. And you look at McTominay, and I think he's a really, really good player. He's just improving constantly. He's getting better and better and better, and I, and I, I hope he's a starter in midfield next season. I wouldn't say the same thing about Fred, because like I said, at the, towards the end of last year, I really want to hold a midfielder for Manchester United. I think it'd make a big difference. And a centre-back is needed too. They, they can't go into next season without shoring up that defence. Because then, in return, that will allow the attacking players that come in or that are already there to, to flourish. I just feel that 6-1 defeat that we suffered last season against 
Spurs was like an almighty hangover that that casted itself over our nearly whole season because we were a bit bit conservative at times. I mean, if you cast your mind back to when Solskjaer first came in, when he talked the talk about Manchester United and DNA and all that, and we went out and we bullied teams attacking football, we stopped seeing that. Even against the the lesser teams, we don't we don't put the sword in. And we have the players to do it. Bruno Fernandes, Marcus Rashford, although he's play, he was playing with an injury last season and he continues to do so for 20 minutes or so and Southgate brings him on. You know, Cavani, you're going to throw Sancho into the mix. Let those players go and do their thing. But sort out that defence and we'll have a good season. Sort out that defence. Moving on, I want to talk briefly about the Sign for United campaign, which has been launched by Must. Um, I just want you to think for a moment how powerful it would be if every Manchester United supporter around the world owned a share in our football club. Imagine owning a share again. It was possible before. Not currently. While we wait on Joe Glazer to follow up on his promises, must have launched a new Sign for United campaign, which has been backed by club legends including Eric Cantona and Alex Stephanie. Sign for United will allow fellow United supporters to register their commitment to become a supporter shareholder in the club as part of a new fan share scheme which has been promised by Joe Glazer at a recent fans forum. Strati News is happy to be among the supporters of this great cause and there is already a growing army of partners and patrons. Ultimately though, the aim for these shares is to have the same voting right as the shares that are owned by the Glazer family. And that way, with enough support, the fans can have a meaningful say over how the club is being run which has been non-existent throughout the, own, the Glazer ownership dating back to 2005. You look at the ESL disaster, fans were never consulted in that, and we want to make a change with that. Every, or every Manchester United fan should want to make a change with that. And there's only one kind of route or avenue that we can see that people have come up with. Um, we will be diving deeper into the Sign for United campaign probably next week. Um, to get in touch with the podcast, though, simply tweet at Strettycast, or you can email me on dale at strettynews.com. I hope you've enjoyed the first podcast of the season and listening to Fabrizio on all things Manchester United. Go and have a good week, and hopefully some of the United lads at the Euros show up. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.